Hello, 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 and welcome everyone. Welcome to this pre-recorded edition of the group chat, Radical Change with Vonda Page. I am your host, Vonda Page, and I am so excited to welcome today, Nicole Vick. Nicole Vick is a public health advocate, community connector, and image consultant. And I am excited that she and I are going to have a series of conversations. And this first one, yeah, is going to be all about, we're going to just get into public health um, and, and really, you know, talk about the implications of public health health especially you know when it comes to the lives of black people but especially um black women so welcome nicole how are you doing i am so happy and excited thank you so much for the invitation vonda um i'm ready to jump in and get to talking well let's do it so first of all i love the fact that um when i meet black women um i love hearing our different accents um, and meeting black women from uh, different parts of the country. So I grew up in Philly. And so I always, I think because of my accent, I hear and can pull out other accents. So even though I know you are on the West Coast now and in LA, are, where are you from originally? Did you grow up on the West Coast? Cause I'm hearing a little, I feel like I hear a little Southern something coming out a little bit. That is so funny because I don't think I have an accent first of all. <laughs> But people have said that to me, and I say, well, only thing I can tell you is I probably am channeling the spirit of my great-grandparents. Uh, my great-grandmother's from Tennessee. There we uh, go. Who's coming, you know, and then they went to Oklahoma, and then they came to Los Angeles, so maybe that's that's what, what it is. I, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So you grew up in Los Angeles. So tell me about, like, so, you know, growing up on the East Coast, right? Um, you know, you don't know a bunch about the West Coast, you know, when it comes to other than like, you know, pop culture, entertainment and stuff like that. So I'm curious as to what about your upbringing got you interested in public health and kind of, you know, how that sparked. So tell us, tell, tell us a little bit about L.A. and what was that like growing up there? Sure, sure. I'm, I'm sure all y'all think that the whole L.A. is like Boys in the Hood or like... <laughs> Or, you know, the movies that we that we see, um, you know, that depict South Central Los Angeles. And, you know, to be honest, a lot of it is, you know, grounded in some reality, right? Y'all yes. Have, you know, NWA and Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, y'all think the That's whole right. world is like that? And it's not. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you know, a lot of that um, is actually, you know, very much how our culture here is in L.A., um, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain because, like, you know, kind of what you said. I don't hear the accent. I don't know that. Like, I just was here. I was here. I, I lived um, a couple miles away from the University of Southern California. So okay. There was always this like duality that I sort of lived in. Like, there's this big university um, of you know rich white people, and then here I am. I'm you know a few miles away, just a regular you know or lower income black you know family yeah. my dad my younger brother but then there was the other duality of my grandparents and my great-grandparents who i would say were relatively um higher income they were not like super super rich but they lived in what we call black beverly hills here in um south los angeles which is called view park 
Baldwin Hills area. Okay. And so it was like this weird like life I navigated. Went to private school, parochial school for some of my life. And then I went to public school for a little bit. So I kind of like walked in and out of, of a lot of different types of situations. Um, I could say also just, you know, a, a fun fact I hadn't, hadn't gone to or visited Compton or Watts until I had gotten much older. So really? Even- Oh, yeah, like, no, that's the east side. We don't go over there. So even <laughs> in, in, in our, you know, communities, there was already sort of that thought of division. You're different. Mm. Um, so it was a lot of interesting nuance. I remember the gang culture and, you know, in the 90s being really scared. You can't wear red. You can't wear blue. Yes. All that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how I, that's what I grew up in, um, in my experiences growing up. I love that. I love, I love that because like I said, you know, it's so funny because I was in, I guess, yeah, I was in college um, when Ice Cube and, you know, all of that came out and you're right, right? And you think Boys in the Hood and John Singleton, you, you think a certain thing, you know, but knowing that the media, and that's a whole nother tangent we could go off on another day. Oh my goodness. I have over the past, I would say 15, 18 months, learned so much more about the media's literal control of every single piece of entertainment and art that gets to hit the public market. It does not come on, like every piece is ultimately scrutinized by, you know, the, 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 culture the right the white supremacist power culture they like we don't get to make a rap song we don't get to make a pop song a country song there is no music there is no nothing right without that approval and that um that gatekeeping there so you know it you know so to think about what all we saw you know in the late 80s and early 90s about the gang culture and this and that and the, it was so much of it was made up and manufactured to exist. Like, it wasn't like it was a bunch of, you know, black people sitting around in projects saying, hey, guys, I think we should start gangs and do that. That's not how that happened. All of that was architected and instrumented. And so think, you know, 20, 30 years later, and we're looking like this is one of the reasons that people have the viewpoints and opinions that they have, right, about neighborhoods, about people, about communities. And so I'm so glad that you that you shared that. And I mean, that's going to be this is going to be clips for the ages, you know, about talking about that, because it is such an important thing. So when you think about, you know, growing up in such, a, you know, um, a diverse area, right, how does the topic of of health whether you're talking about you know individually you know people's emotional social psychological physical mental health and in consideration of public health how does that look and what is that discussion like in such a diverse area yeah i think you said something that was really important about how things are created and structured and mm-hmm. talked about white supremacy. Um, and we all know that neighborhoods and how we live and operate in neighborhoods and how we're able to navigate through the systems and institutions in our society are designed on purpose um, a certain way, right? To benefit yep. some people and to disadvantage others. And so yep. if you really think about the history of South Central Los Angeles, of South Los Angeles in a larger sense, 
um, you know, it's it's a textbook case of again these neighborhoods being carved out. You know, you know black and brown folk, y'all, this y'all side, we over yep. here. Um, yep. We're gonna keep you down here. Um, again, my great grandparents came to Los Angeles in the 1930s. Were wow. business owners, and I still to this day I need to talk to a professor or somebody. Like, how were they able to do so well? My great grandfather had a Shell gas station. Mm-hmm. Um, my and he was a real estate broker. My great grandmother was a had a salon on South Central Avenue back in South LA. And back in the day, that's where they that they couldn't live anywhere else but there. Yeah. Um, you know, the redlining, all of those things um, kept poor black and brown folks in one neighborhood and kept everybody else in a different neighborhood. So, you know, and those things don't just go away. You know, you don't just get born in the 1980s or the 1990s. And now, you know, things are OK now. All better. <laughs> exactly. To perpetuate themselves um, and future generations, you know, again, are impacted by those things. And then what happens now in 2022? You know, a house down the street from me is on sale for $1 million. I live off of Crenshaw and Slauson down the street from Nipsey Hussle's uh, store. Wow. And wow. a house is on sale for $1 million. Who's buying these houses? Wow. It plays into this idea of who's really in charge here. Yep. Who really sets the tone? Who really decides what is important and what's not? And when they want to come back to your neighborhood that you think belongs to you, it don't mm-hmm. belong to you. Nope. Because they'll, they'll flip the script and nobody came by that house. But Hello. So, yeah. you know, we can, like you said, we, 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 we can go there. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Because, like, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, this, and the thing is, right, it's all, there's a, a woman, Um, her name is Sonia Reese Taylor. And she's a black woman. Have you heard of her? Okay. She she said this. I think she might have said this in January or February, but I can't get it out of my mind because it's so perfect when she talked about how we are living in the imagination. Right. Of rich white dudes. We live in the imagination. Everything that Elon wake up and want to do. Everything Jeff wake up and want to do. Everything Tim Apple wake up and want to do. Everything they wake up. Bill Gates, whatever the freak they wake up and want to do they put it out here and then here we are the robots right the slaves the new slaves we the new slaves don't get it twisted it's not the old slaves we the new slaves but but still right we living in their imagination right we are living in their imagination and how right and why right we are allowing it right you know um and it almost feels like, I mean, what can you do? And and, right. and and actually to answer your first question, which you had really asked me, and then I went on a tangent. That's okay. That stress, <laughs> that stress of trying to navigate those systems that were not built for us. So, you know, just in case people don't know, all these institutions, education, housing, banking, all of these things, these institutions in American society were not designed for black people. They were right. not built for us. Right. They were built to exclude us, right? Right. We have to get in or we have to create our own. We know have plenty of examples of that in our lives where we had to build our own. But all that to say, all that stress of being poor, of trying to navigate this this society that we live in, where right. our bodies. And that's why we are sick. That's why our blood pressure is high. That's why we have diabetes. Trust me, it's not really the donuts. <laughs> I mean, could it be the donuts? Maybe. No, it's, it's not. No. 
it's it's way more than that. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, and then we're gonna go off and this is a health conversation, so it's good. So I'm gonna tell you. So since COVID, right? So uh, you know, I I live by my I've been living by myself since my daughter, you know, went to school or whatever, right? So, you know, you go through one thing be, being an empty nester, you know, because if and, and if you don't have and you know if you don't have little kids your life is pretty much yours and you eat and drink and do whatever you want and everything is good. So over COVID, you know, when, when I was totally stuck in the house, right, I was experimenting with food and experimenting with my diet and nutrition and this and that. Just playing around because it's like, okay, I'm not traveling like I was for work, going to the Bay and whatever. So I can see for myself. What things really cause me to have high blood pressure or, you know, is my blood sugar low or high, this and this and that, right? So I take pretty good care of myself. I exercise. I have, like, I, I try not to eat food out of boxes and bags because I grew up on food out of boxes and bags and cans. Mm-hmm. So when you grow up on boxes, bags, and cans, like, that's one of the reasons I love Oregon. I think I've even told you that, like, it's because everything is fresh here. Literally, I can reach outside and I can eat something off of a tree or out of a yard because it's fresh Food here, like, and so for me, right, is it's it, it's a thing because I know, and I, and to your point, right, like, it, I don't, it, it's not the jelly donuts causing diabetes and different things. So over the two years that we were stuck in the house with COVID, right, I did some very specific things in terms of like just really paying attention to what I eat, and I literally don't eat any. Uh, I just call it fake food, food that has any fake stuff in it. I literally only eat whole real food and even if I go out to eat I don't eat fast food or anything like that I will go only to like a real restaurant with real food so over the from like what did March we got stuck in the house right from March of 2020 to this (laughs) we kind of still in the house but really like but but over like a two years right Mm -hmm. um from march to to march um so i have probably i would say i've i've lost uh weight right my blood sugar and all that is good but my darn um what's that other one the high blood pressure i mean blood pressure is not it's average but my um What's the other one? The one you said. Blood sugar? Not blood sugar. Uh, like cholesterol or oh, whatever. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. And so so starting to understand to your point that especially as black people, because of, you know, our, our trauma and the, the impact of that trauma on our bodies, even when we maintain what society says is a healthy weight, even when we maintain what society or medical people say is healthy nutrition, even when we do all of that, right, we still have the impacts of what that trauma does to you. And so I think it's important to, you know, talk about that so people understand, you know, what public health, like what that actually, you know, like what that actually means, right? right. Um, yeah. So so how do you think about framing that conversation um, in a general way, right, for people to be able to get it? Well, usually when I talk to people about what public health is, I talk to them in simple terms. Public health is about prevention of disease, promotion of health in communities. Uh-huh. Doctors is concerned about individual health 
and curing you from disease. Public health is saying, we don't want you sick in the first place. We want to keep mm-hmm. you out of the doctor. And what can we do to create an environment that you are healthy and you are doing, you know, have the resources and opportunity to live your best life. So that's really all public health is. It's not the health department, right? That's one aspect of public health. But mm-hmm. There are many types of entities, organizations um, that do this kind of work. So we're looking at, wow, how is the community designed? What types of policies and practices exist um, that make things hard for people to be healthy and let's fix those things. So the conversation about food that you just talked about, a lot of people think that, well, you know, you, you know, it's an individual thing. You need to eat better. Um, and you, it's your fault that you are fat or that you have high blood pressure and you have diabetes because you eat terribly. That's your fault. Mm-hmm. The public health perspective says, hold on. What, what access and resources are in the community so that people have access to food? And if and you know, like I know. If you're in a food desert, that's right. Access to healthy food. Um, and then the whole idea of food being um, sort of um, a social justice issue. Yes. Where, you know, it's a privilege. For example, I'm a vegan. I've been vegan for many years. It's a privilege mm-hmm. to be vegan. Yes, yes, it is. Eat certain things, right? Yes, it is. It is. And yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, so the thing that is, is like burning inside of me about the public health conversation is if you think about, because as soon as you said health centers, it made me think about, so my mother was a public uh, health nurse, right? For, for years. Right. And, but, but if you think about the word public and you think about the government and governing, if the government wanted us to be healthy, we could be healthy. So as soon as you said the privilege of being a vegan, it made me think. Because I go, because I probably eat, I probably in a 30-day period, I probably have uh, 40% vegan meals. Um, and it is a privilege to eat vegan. And, and, and the thing is, most people, black and indigenous people, they, we, they wouldn't even have the privilege to eat vegan because they live in food deserts. They live in areas where they get the B, C, and D grade food. They don't get the A grade food. Um, and, and they wouldn't even be able to afford it because the fresh food costs more than the dollar McMuffin, McGriddle, whatever sandwich, right? That, whatever, right? And, and so the public aspect, the word public, and the way that this whole thing, you know, to me, the, the, the word that was coming to my head was the accountability. And the fact that it, it's one of those things where pull yourself by your own bootstraps. You don't have to be fat. Just stop eating the donuts. No, 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 no. If there's no uh, grocer that has fresh food if there's no sustainable gardens if there's no community gardens if there's no way to me to have food that is fresh then how are you blaming me for you know some health problem so so how does how does how do the advocates who get the fact that public health is not, you know, this one, you know, skinny thing like, oh, we need to educate the public on how to be, quote, unhealth, 
quote, you know, quote, unhealthy, quote, healthy, unquote, right? That it's yeah. not that. How do the advocates of public health, how do, you, how do you all communicate and help people understand their role, right, in, in helping to drive public health and, and thinking about accountability, you know, for yourself as well as each other? That's a good question. And I'll, and then let's keep the food conversation going. Let's, because yeah. that's something that people can really understand and grasp. So I'll just, and, and again, let's use some real life examples because I live in a neighborhood where, again, there's a million dollar house down the street for sale, but there's some other things going on. So he listen to yes. this. Let's talk about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Down the street from my house is a Ralph's. A Ralph's is a is owned by Kroger. So some parts of the country, I believe. Yep, we got Kroger here. So, so here, our Kroger's is called Freddie Myers. So yep, okay. yep, so got here you. It's called Ralph's. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a Ralph's down the street from my house. Now during the pandemic, and you know, I'm sure if if Kroger was, you know, listen, they would say you're lying. That's not true. But this this how we interpreted what happened. So during the pandemic. You know, the people that were working in them grocery stores put their lives at risk. Yes, up they did. Yes, the they did. All this COVID swirling yes, around. Yes, they did. Some of them got sick. Some of them died. Yes, they did. Okay? Yes, they did. So yes, they did. Here in LA, the city council was like, we want you, grocery stores, to pay heroes pay for these, these grocery clerks that's out here putting their lives at risk. Yes. Um, to you know, to take care of everybody, and food is a is a much needed resource. People need food. Okay. Right. So all I know is, and, and I think I'm not the only one that feels this way in this community. Next thing I know, baby, that route shut down. That route closed. Gone. Mm. Okay. And I heard about it happening. I couldn't even really process it until I literally drove by there and looked, and the sign was down. The gate is down. I'm like, oh, they for real close the whole grocery store in the middle of a, a high density neighborhood full of people. That store wasn't underused. That right. store wasn't underutilized. What because they didn't want to wanna pay. Because they didn't want to pay. Because because oh my God, that just that broke my heart. But let me tell you, <laughs> I, it's happened here. So they did it here in Oregon. There's a, a couple of families, okay, that own uh, all kind of restaurants. They own lodge, like, you know, lodges that you would, you could do like, you know, girls weekend trip or take your romantic partner or your family. You could do high school reunion, beautiful places like that. Then they have little bar type places with, you know, craft beer. They have a whole bunch of these. These people closed just closed down let the workers and stuff go the owners and stuff will open up make them i just i, I will never go to that place again and, and there's so many of them and it's a family and i drive by there and i just want to put the middle finger up and be like because how, how do you and so you think about closing a grocery store and what they did here in Oregon, that same, those same people, same Kroger family, what they did here, they took the money back. They gave everybody $4 more. Uh, about four mm-hmm. months ago, they took the $4 away from the people. They wow. took the $4 an hour away that they was given the essential workers. And I had not shopped there since then, but then yesterday, 
I needed something delivered and only I, they, uh, it was either them or Walgreens. And I was like, damn. Yep. It's crazy. And, and in our community, we understand, you know, grocery stores operate on a, on a slim profit margin. We get all of that. There have been organizations. So to answer your question even further, there are organizations here in South Los Angeles for years that have been working to get grocery stores in this community that want it better for the neighborhood. Because, you know, you go on the west side of L.A., Culver City, uh, Santa Monica, all over that way, there are grocery stores on every corner in some in some neighborhoods. But here, we don't have enough access to food. And so there were organizations, and I'll name them, Community Health Councils, Community Coalition, um, who was actually was started by Karen Bass, who is running mm, mm-hmm, Los Angeles mm-hmm. right now, um, that were really like, what is going on? We need more grocery stores. They wanted Trader Joe's to come. And Trader Joe's said, we're not coming over here. You, you know, your neighborhood don't fit our demographic. Are you so, serious? Ironically, there's a Trader Joe's now at USC, which is in the middle of South Central Los Angeles. But it's for the students, right? So there's like, everybody is like, you know, come on, what's really going on? And on top of that, some of the other work that they were doing, those organizations were holding these grocery stores accountable. The ones that were here, like, why is the meat green? Why are the vegetables expired? Mm. What are you doing? Like, we deserve Mm. better than that. And so, again, you living in a neighborhood where Mm -hmm. you can't even get good food, Mm -hmm. either your store is closed or the the grocery store looks nasty, and then there's crime in your community, there's no jobs, the houses are a million dollars now. Like, how are you supposed to navigate? How are you supposed to live through that? Um, And be healthy and not be stressed out because now you got to figure out how you're going to pay your rent because your rent done went up. Right. You ain't have no access to food. You don't feel safe sending your kids to school. Right. Right. So right. all these things are happening to you. It's not the donut, baby. It's, it's, it's definitely not. And and to bring it back, it is not the donut. I think the name of this episode is Baby, it's not the donut. So I don't know if you are on TikTok. Are you on TikTok? Yes. There is a woman. So it's so many dope ass black women on TikTok. So 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 for everybody listening to these two dope black women talking right now, y'all need to get yourself on TikTok if you just need some black joy every now and then. Uh and, and just somebody to you know, there's a woman on there, her name is Nikki. <laughs> I love her. And she said, Baby, whenever she got something to say, she she records in her car and whenever she got something to say, she said, Let's be clear. But she bang on the window and she say, Listen up. So here's the this is what people need to hear, is what you just now saying. It's not the donut. It's not the donut. And the thing is, not only is it that these communities are purposefully designed not for us to thrive they are designed to kill us they are not not designed for they're designed to kill us why would you give people d and c rated food yep. no meat should never be green right yeah. why wouldn't a trader joe's now and i love trader joe's products because you can buy a three dollar bottle of barbecue sauce and Trader Joe's that doesn't have no artificial ingredients in it. Right. Why wouldn't you put that store in the in the hood or any other neighborhood but it's only in expensive neighborhoods? That doesn't even yeah. make no damn sense. Now and then you what you have Walmarts in, in the shitty neighborhoods, you have the shitty food with the shitty service and the shitty whatever. And meanwhile the Walton family, they have so much wealth they they probably have as much wealth as the Black Rock people, right? Yeah. And so but but right, and and, we, and here we are taking jobs at Walmart to make seven to eight dollars an hour, and you can't live. Not one community in America can you live 
in a one-bedroom apartment on minimum wage not one community in america not in alabama even in poor mississippi like i have i i, I look it up all the time this you still cannot on minimum wage you cannot live here in america and right. so there's no way if you if you're making minimum wage and you can't even afford to have a one bedroom apartment of a in a family of four mind you you can't even have that how the hell you gonna have food that that is not going to be harmful. And right. then this made me upset when I read this a couple of weeks ago about the the list of foods that we have here that is considered poison and outlawed all around the world. Yep. It's way bigger than it was before. Yeah. And there's still things on here now mm -hmm. that I didn't know other countries still didn't let a, didn't do like Mountain Dew and Cheetos and sh and stuff like that. They won't even sell that in other countries. Yeah, it's the some of the dyes and some of the um, chemicals that they put. Yes, in the, food. the preservative yeah. chemicals <laughs> that make it last for 18 years. A bag of <laughs> junk lasting for 18 years on the shelf. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Once you start to learn these things and understand them, it is very hard to unlearn them. And that's why, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned this. I'm also a professor of public health. I teach at Occidental College where Barack Obama went for. Oh. So I teach there. I teach undergrads about public health. And, you know, for me, it's about, yeah, hey, I'm going to give you these this public health lens, literally like a pair of glasses. Yes. I want you to see the world through a social justice lens and understand how things work. So that when you go out into the real world as an adult and you have your degree and you're trying to vote and decide on what to do with these policies about housing and homelessness and food access, you know how to, to vote to make sure that everybody has the same access. Um, because it's, it's, it's crazy once you really start to understand how, you know, people say the system is broken. The system is broken, baby. The system is not broken. It yep. is not broken. It right. is working exactly, exactly. Trying to work, and it was work. It's working to exclude you. That's, That's right. Work. Right. So what's our? So how do we help people think about what is their action in this? In this, right? And so, if I'm not a current college student, or I'm not a current, you know, person working in academia. If I'm not working in the health field, but I still care about this, I still am mad as hell, I still want to see some kind of justice, and I want to see, you know, people start to understand this in a different way, what are some things that, that you know, I like to say the regular people that's not in this, you know, field or in that area, what are some things they can do, and what do they need to know and be aware of? So there's a lot of things that people can do, and it, it, it might sound like really, it, it really, there are really a lot of things that you can do. I want to say first and foremost, public health and social justice is not just about health care. It's not just about food. It's not just about those things. It's about housing. It's about mm -hmm. transportation. It's about, you know, it is about health care in some ways, but there's so many other things. Think about it. If you can't afford your housing, you're going to not spend money. We just talked about this on things that you need to be healthy, like food, your yep. gym membership. You're not going to be able to do that. If yep. you have to live three hours away from your job, that is stressful, right? Yep. So it's not just about healthcare and healthcare access. Um, secondly, I often tell people you have the power right now to do some things to make some changes in your community. So your goal should be how to improve my community where I stand today. 
You don't have to have degrees. You don't have to have a million dollars. You can do what you can with what you have. I started doing pop-up shops in my backyard in 2018 as a way to create this idea of economic um, equity um, and to recycle our black dollars. And those pop-up shops actually support black women business owners in my neighborhood. Target is going to be fine. That's right. It's going to be fine. We have, they have suffered, these black businesses have suffered so much in this pandemic. Let's have a pop-up shop. Buy from them. Get yes. your mother's gift from them. Yes. Enjoy this gift, right? So th that's an example of a thing that I did based on stuff that I like. I like to shop, okay? Yes. I decided to put something like that together to, to benefit my community. Use the skills and talents that you have. If you are a chef, you share. Go to a local church or a local group and give cooking classes. Um, align yourself with organizations that are doing the work. Here in Los Angeles, I'll give you an example. Here in Los Angeles, there's an organization called Black Women for Wellness. They oh, yeah. On black women. They do advocacy work. They'll go up to Sacramento and, and fight for policy, but they also hold classes, cooking classes, it's reproductive health classes. There are plenty of opportunities to volunteer with them. So you just got to do a little bit of looking and searching for organizations that are doing the work. Community Coalition that I mentioned before, they're doing that work. You just got to align yourselves, ask how they, you can help. Girl, they'll find something for you to do um, and just figure out how to do that. And, and again, you can also do your own thing. Mm -hmm. If you know some kids down the street that need some help uh, to, with their math or something, you know how to do it, help them. All those little things actually make a big difference and i think the last thing is you gotta vote i know people yes. are all you have to because these political decisions yes are going to affect you negatively yes if you don't vote to make sure you know what's going on i had a professor that said if you are not at the table you are on the menu if you are not damn table, you are on the menu they're gonna be deciding stuff about your life because you're not at the table. They say, hold on. What are you doing? What's happening? You want, girl. Like you said, they sit at the table playing Monopoly with your life. With your life. With your life. And that you was a. And you don't even know it. I had to write that one. I had to write that one down. Yeah. I mean, That's that, I that was a. Ooh, that was a word. That was a word. If you aren't at the table, you on the menu. That's a word. Because that is so perfectly true it is true 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 and so and 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 i get the whole thing about people not voting i get it because what keeps happening every damn time but the reason it keeps happening is it's so many things and and i would love us let's have a politics conversation too um i would love to talk about the reasons that um it's so difficult to hold politicians accountable to do stuff we could because that's the piece that i think black people don't understand the way it's about how we choose to hold them accountable and and we're not doing it our we're not doing our part and first and foremost is we don't hold our skin folk accountable for doing right and call them in and make them do the right thing. Because as me have been in, you know, corporate, you know, spent my career in corporate and my book that I have coming out, I'm, I'm fiddling around with the title, but I'll tell you the working title and we trying to figure it out. But the working title is, uh, Coons and Karens in the corporate kitchen. Yeah. So do I need to say more about what the book is about? Okay. <laughs> Coons and Karens in the corporate kitchen. 
Okay. Because, and so the coon issue speaks directly to the voting issue. The voting issue speaks directly to corporations and how corporations control our politics and us as the labor in these corporations, we do not wield our power like we should. Like I'm so mad at, you know, and I, and I'm going to do my best. And I think I can, I think I can totally boycott Starbucks the rest of my life. Them bastards, them bastards. And I had to use them like three months ago because literally there was nothing and I was starving and I was like, but them bastards, Okay, keep on busting the unions over and over yeah. and over and over. And then that bastard tries to, oh my God, tries to manipulate, psychologically manipulate his employees telling them union. This is all public health. This is politics. This is the stuff people don't get. And if you think, whether you're talking about, I don't give a shit, Apple, Starbucks, Google, any of them, the people that's answering the phones, the people that's making eight, nine, 10, 11, $15 an hour, they look like me and you. Yeah. So why aren't we taking our power and using it? And you see Amazon, you know, they, the guy, you over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I mean, look, and that man, he needs a lawyer. He needs bodyguards because Jeff Bezos is not playing. Okay. He, he. It's, it's a couple of things now. It's so big and terrible in America that if you go and mess with it, they coming after you. Human trafficking, they coming after you if you go after that. And Amazon, they coming after you if you go after that. Because yeah. the, everybody is making so much money off of those two things. The, our, 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 our forefather, colonial, colonizer, you know, people, they're, 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 they're running amok and doing their thing. It's, um, it's, it's I- crazy. And a quick story. I have a yeah. friend. Um, she actually, as a result, remember now going back to Starbucks. Remember now that before the unionized stuff. Remember when the the, the young men got um, exported out and that whole race in Philly. Out. Yes, indeed. Yes, my hometown. She literally opened up her own coffee shop. And so, see again, mm-hmm. using your own power. And I don't think she had a million dollars behind her to do it. Right. But she said that made me so mad. I wouldn't open up my own coffee shop. And she has a right. coffee, black woman coffee shop. She's like. Mm-mm. See, see, and and that and same thing happened with me when it came to tech. That's why I decided to start my own tech company, right? That's why I decided, you know, and 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 what I've been doing over the last three weeks, you know, last month or so is just really getting more clear and detailed on my marketing and all of that. But yes, that's what we have to do. Listen, this has been an amazing conversation. I mean, I love the takeaways around public health, and I'm just going to recap them for the audience, and then we're going to have another conversation about this because we need to. To talk more not only about it but number one that public health is not just about health care and that the way that we need to think about public health is really in a more holistic way that we think about it from the standpoint of housing of education of our mental health of our physical health of grocery stores right of climate change it's a whole ass thing because it's things that impact the public and our individual health of course is a part of that but in terms of like what we need to do right um is number one if it's things that we can do where we are in our own community right so whether that is helping to bring you know greater you know economic opportunity to the area whether it's doing some mentorship whether it's shopping and buying local but you can use your talents and skills to do what you have with what you got that's boom then the other one that i really like 
and it's hard if you don't live in an area where you know you have a more diverse community but if you live closer to a large city like a Los Angeles like a San Francisco like a Chicago whatever then aligning with organizations that you know are doing the work right and you can google some stuff and be like just type in the word black women doing work and I bet you will come up with lists of these groups like the one you said black women for wellness I love that right and these community coalitions because that's what it's about and then that other one you know even though yeah we got some kind of we got a lot of complicated history right with with America with the government with elections with voting right January 6th last year they took us on another level they just keep on traumatizing us with the vote and 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 that's on purpose too but we have got to recognize that if we ain't at the table we is on the menu sure enough hello if we are not at the table we on the menu so at the very least we need to use our voice and use that power of that vote to say at least you in and you out <laughs> like like right. like and then we need to really do something with it so what you think did i get it did i sum it up you got it and the only thing i'm gonna add as far as voting is concerned i think people also forget it's not just about that presidential election that actually probably is not the most important we're talking sure about exactly in the damn school board yes that's what i'm talking about so if you don't want to vote for the president that's you need to be up at what's going on in your neighborhood the city council people and the mayor and whoever that's where you need to be making sure you showing up at the ballot um and, and telling people no i don't like this i don't like this judge people forget about them judges too that's right come up for them judges what's what's this judge's stance on uh uh substance abuse um, are they, do they send all the black people to jail? You know, like what? Exactly. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about when I talk about votes. Absolutely. I love it. And so you guys got everybody listening today. You got a, a, a full, um, uh, just, um, so much food for thought. Um, so many things to think about. And I just have to thank you again, Nicole Vic for joining me. And I am looking forward to talking with you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And thanks, everybody. All right. And we will see you next time on the group chat, Radical Change. Bye.